0: Now, you have been around PFAS for decades, you just haven't really realized it. It's all of the water-resistant, oil-resistant, and grease-resistant chemicals. So Gore-Tex, Stain Master Carpet, Teflon Pans, Um, they're either monomers or polymers, meaning they're either kind of like a plasticizer or a single chemical, and they're in a lot of things. There's over 12,000 of these chemicals um, over decades, uh, 30, 40, 50 years, I want to say, um, something like that. So they've been in this, they've been around us for a lot of time, and we haven't even realized it.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Duchess marmette
2: We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge.
1: We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 141 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's amazing conversation, we have a couple of just quick announcements. The first is we are calling you to come onto our show for a 15-minute health transformation audit. So a few months ago, we started dropping a new episode format, and we're calling it a Health Transformation Audit, where we bring you, our loyal community members, onto the show for a 15-minute audit, and we will guide you to identify what's holding you back from your ideal health and wellness journey and analyze with you so that you can walk away with a tangible action step to guide you on your journey to finding your own art of living well. We are so excited about these episodes. As integrative health practitioners and health coaches, we absolutely love doing this kind of work. And if you want to know more about it, you can check out some of our previous episodes, which include episode 138, 133, 126, and 121, where you will get to hear from community members on the show. And you know, I know this can be a little bit maybe intimidating or it seems vulnerable to get on a podcast and talk about your health challenges, but trust us, if you have this issue, hundreds of other people do as well. And it's completely anonymous aside from your name, which we can, of course, always change. So we would love to have you on. Head on over to the show notes and click the sign up link, or you can simply email us at the art of living well podcast at gmail.com. And let us know that you'd like to sign up for your very own 15-minute health transformation audit. And then finally, we just want to ask that if you are enjoying this podcast, if you could please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Doing so takes just two minutes, but it really helps us reach more people so that others can benefit from the inspiring conversations and resources that we share each week. And if you're enjoying today's episode, please share it with a family, a friend, a neighbor, anyone who you think could benefit from this information, and of course, we would love it for you to take a screenshot and tag us on social media, and just, we really appreciate your continued support for this podcast. It's been almost three years, and we have really enjoyed this journey of dropping these episodes and connecting with our community each week, and can't wait for another fun year ahead of amazing conversations. And now we are absolutely honored and excited to introduce today's guest. Leah Sajidi. Leah is on a mission to help women make safer consumer choices for their families. She's a consumer watchdog, an author, an activist, a community organizer, and strategist. Leah founded the award-winning consumer activist website, momovation.com. She also wrote green enough, eat better, live cleaner, be happier, and all without driving your family crazy, to democratize scientific findings and help families make safer and greener product choices. The content from Momovation reaches millions of women annually and helps them avoid the pitfalls of hormone-disrupting chemicals inside everyday products through the investigations of every aisle of a retail store. But inside the Momovation community, Leah brings excitement and humor to serious topics which makes them easier to remember and digest. Leah has been recognized for several feats in her professional and personal life, such as being named Mom of the Year by Shape Magazine, She's been compared to Lady Gaga for her unique social media tactics in the Huffington Post. Her story, communities, and work have been featured in several publications, including CNN, ABC, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, Chicago Tribune, and many, many more. You are going to be so enlightened by today's conversation, where we share what PFAS chemicals are, or otherwise known as forever chemicals, and why we should avoid them. We'll discuss the impact that toxins have on our hormones including weight gain, which I know is a a big issue for many, many women out there. She'll share the most critical times in our lives when we should focus more on reducing our exposure to toxins. We talk about which products often contain these forever, chemicals, which by the way include sports bras and yoga pants, just to name a few. We'll dive into some of the investigations that Leah's team has led, and we'll We'll talk just simple steps, simple tips to begin your journey wherever you're at to remove and reduce toxins for you and your family. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's powerful conversation with Leah Segedy.
2: But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Shield Your Body. Shield Your Body is a company that makes products to shield your body against electromagnetic frequency or EMF radiation from modern technology. Did you know that all modern technology is a source of EMF radiation? Cell phones, laptops, Wi-Fi, even your refrigerator is a source of
1: EMF radiation. And each year, we are exposed to more and more EMFs. There are literally thousands of high-quality, peer-reviewed scientific studies demonstrating clear links between exposure to EMF radiation and a wide range of negative health effects from anxiety and infertility to sleep disruption and cancer. Fortunately, there are easy ways that you can reduce your EMF exposure right now that cost you absolutely nothing. After reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I stopped using my AirPods, something I used daily for hours sometimes and have switched back to the old school wired headphones. And for me, after
2: reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I really put my foot down and insisted that my kids keep their cell phones and their laptops out of their bedrooms at night while they were sleeping. And I've been working on Jordan as well. And I think after reading the guide and listening to our podcast, he has finally agreed to do that. So download your copy of a free guide at ShieldYourBody.com to start
1: improving your health right now. And be sure to check out our episode number 123 with R. Blank, CEO of Shield Your Body. Hi, Leah. Marty, and I are really excited to have you as a guest on our show today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and share your immense knowledge on such an important topic with our listeners. And I remember back several years ago now, I heard you on um, Wellness Mamas podcast, and I immediately started following you on Instagram and using all your investigative research. And I remember buying this air fryer. I was looking for an air fryer. And I think I reached out to you on Instagram, actually. You were just starting to to publish the air fryers and I bought the big boss one which I love and then I remember it right after listening to the episode and we can talk about this more today you start talking about like cans and you're know, drinking less sparkling waters I remember going home and telling my family okay we're gonna start drinking more like out of the glass bottles and less out of the can so um, thank you so much for what you've already done to help people remove toxins in their life and all the amazing and truly impactful work that you're doing.
0: Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to serve your family, just like everyone else's. I I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, you're welcome. So, Leah, everyone has a story, and we would love to hear about your journey and how you became so passionate about investigating the toxic chemicals that are contained in many of the products that we use every day, especially moms, and then to becoming an activist and an author and founder of Momovation.
0: Well, okay, I'm going to start off with me being really young, I'm, I've always had like a type of Nancy Drew heart. Um, I was kind of a loner as a kid, and what I really love to do is ride my bike around the neighborhood. And I happened upon a a uh, very, very illegal situation. Um, we, had a, uh, we had a graveyard across the street from my house and I would always ride my bike into that graveyard because it was just like two blocks and I could just go shoom, so fast and that was my favorite thing. Little redhead with freckles and braids riding my bike as fast as I can all around the neighborhood. And I went into the mausoleum and there was a uh, gate opened And I opened the gate and went down the winding staircase into the dark basement. Of course, that's what I'm like. I I don't stare very easily. I've been like that since I was a kid because I'm so curious about things. So it's probably going to kill me one day. But went down into that mausoleum, flicked on the light in a room, and noticed there was hundreds of boxes that were like yay big with bags of powder inside. And my eyes got really big. And they were just stacked up to the ceiling. And I went oh my God, I think these are dead bodies because I knew about cremation. So I ran home and I told my mom, 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 the, grave card, the graveyard across the street, they've got all these dead, dead bodies and boxes and there's hundreds of them in this. Da, 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 oh my God, mom. And she's just like, that's nice, honey. (laughs) You know what I mean? She just thought I was telling a story or something. Like, I wasn't a storyteller, but sometimes I would happen upon weird things and I would tell her. And I was just that kid, you know, that always had odd questions, always was very, you know, intuitive, so to speak. Well, it turns out that I was right. And many years later, I kept going back and checking that room, and they would leave the the gate open for some reason. I go down there, and the boxes there were more boxes and more boxes and more boxes. And then when I'm away at uh, college in London, the. F- not the feds, but the state in California raided the graveyard. graveyard. And what had happened is the people that owned the graveyard were taking all the money from the state. And these are all people that were homeless or didn't have a next of kin. They were taking those bodies and instead of burying them, like the way the state paid them to do, they were just stacking them up in that office. And I had happened upon this crime way before anybody else had any inkling of it. And had anyone listened to me when I was a kid, they would have figured it out like a decade, two decades prior, right? So that gives you an idea of what my nose is like. I have a nose for things. I just know things sometimes. I am guided. I don't know how it happens. And so this helps me a lot with my work. So when I got older, I went to USC. I graduated top of my class at USC, spoke, went and got my master's. It's in communication management. So what I'm really good at is explaining really complicated things in simple ways to audiences and kind of democratizing science that type of thing, you know, and helping people in that way, making the things that are the most complicated, less complicated. So you've got some fat to chew on. Um, And that's what I enjoy doing. And I'm also really good at it. Um, So I have a master's in communication management from USC. Um, I started working in politics, hated it, (laughs) went out to corporate PR, hated it. You know, it's just, it just wasn't for me. And then um, I married my husband, got pregnant, very quickly. Um, we'd been together for three years, so it wasn't a big deal. And then my father found out he had mesothelioma cancer, which is like, once you get that, it's it's you're going to die. There's very few people that live very long when they have mesothelioma. So I was able to, he, he said, he was like, I'm going to make it to see my grandson. Even though the date that they said he was going to die was like, I was going to give birth like, Months after that, but he held on. He saw his grandson. He was there in the room behind my head, (laughs) you know, and so he got to see everything and he spent three months with his grandson and then he died. And then after that, um, I had uh, three uncles and aunts that died, all of cancer and, and related type of diseases. And so within the span of two, three years, I lost everything. We had this big, huge extended family. We were really close. I was with my cousins all the time. I was with my cousins more than I was with my friends. That's how close we were. And then after people started dying, my cousins scattered across the country. You know, it just, it wasn't the same. And, and the, it just rocked the family and made us a very small little unit. And so for me at that point, you know, I have this master's degree, I'm going to conquer the world. And I said to myself, what's the most important thing? And to me, it was health and family. So I decided to stay home instead of go out. And so I stayed home with my son. But of course, because I'm such a, oh, I don't know, ADHD kind of person where my brain is just going a mile a minute all the time, I had to do something. So I started up a website and that's where it started. And I was really into health and wellness. And so it blew up right away. 16 years later, here I am. I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm one of the the originals back in the day, one of the original mom bloggers, quote unquote, mom bloggers, and I'm still standing. And why am I still standing? I really, really have a passion for what I'm doing. Um, It has morphed and changed over the years. Momovation started off as more of a weight loss kind of thing. And then it uh, grew into a non-toxic living type of site where we don't focus on weight loss at all anymore. But um, over that time I've done a lot of things, I've met a lot of celebrities. I have incredible scientific advisors who are very, very respected in their field and referred to as gods, so to speak. Um, I have just I've got so many friends and advisors and brands that I've worked with. I've worked over with over 350 brands over the years um, helping them with consulting. I've started up an event for green bloggers called Shiftcon where we bring all the green bloggers together under one roof and bring the NGOs together and the scientists together so we can all kind of sing kumbaya for three days. So I've done so much that my new road now is to do these investigations. So I do a lot of investigations on PFAS. I've done 10 so far, um, spanning from things like pasta sauce to period underwear, um, to cooking oils, to, you know, your bamboo floors, you know, uh, nut butters, all kinds of things. Right now I'm working on toilet paper, tampons, um, tooth floss and I work with an EPA certified lab. I have several labs that I work with based on what I'm testing. I send products off to an EPA certified lab. We get all the results from a whole category of things. And then I bring it to my advisors. They advise me on what to do with it, how to communicate it, and then I'm off to the races. So um, what I'm doing is very well-informed. It's really important, but the number one thing that I'm thinking about when I'm doing all this work is how can I serve young women and women in general and families? What I care about the most is I don't want you to feel like you have to be a chemist to be a good mom. And because I have so many incredible people behind me and I have this communications degree and I'm really good at it, um, let me use my skills to serve your family. And that is who I am in this space. I'm not regurgitating information that you can see anywhere else. I'm creating new things constantly. I'm solving your problems to tell you based on your lifestyle and what is going on with your life, you can choose bad, better, or best. And so there is that's if you go to my website, we do investigations on pretty much every category that would come into your home from cleaning products to food to personal care products of all the categories. So like if you want bubble bath, go to my site, type in bubble bath. There's literally all of the bubble baths separated by ingredients into bad, better and best. And you make the decision based on your lifestyle and where you're at right now. So if you don't choose the best brand, that's fine. That's up to you. I don't judge. I don't care because it's based on what you need at that moment. And I give you that freedom, but I'm giving you all the information you need to make an educated decision. So that's me in a nutshell. And um, I'm just really happy to, to still be here after, oh, I don't know, 16 years.
2: Wow. <laughs> That was a lot of information you just threw at us. I'm trying to digest all of it. Um, Nancy Drew, but not the blonde. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a little um, so first of all, what you're doing is amazing. I, I know Stephanie and I are both so fascinated by this. I, And, and frankly, it is a little overwhelming. Um, and I love that your mission is you know, to serve young women and families and you're doing all this investigating so that people can just know you're the trusted source and they can go and figure it out, figure out what they need. But can you, I know you touched on what momovation is, and I know you're providing a lot of um, value to the public for free, but can you kind of, I guess, dive in a little deeper? You, You threw out tampons and period underwear and what else did you, I don't know. I, I, that, that stuck out in my mind. Peanut butter.
1: The, the, peanut one of the recent is, like, is
2: peanut butter. Clearly, yeah. there's like, a, you know, we talked about aluminum cans and sparkling water. Like there's a wide range of consumer products. <clears throat> and when you were just talking a moment ago, what was going through my mind was like, what can we use? Like, what is safe in this world today? Because I feel like everything is so tainted. Right. Um, so anyway, I don't know if you can speak a little bit about
0: that. Well, okay, ultimately, I think when we're walking into this world, we have to be a little careful not to get too overwhelmed because the answers are scary, but the answer is it's not everywhere, but it's in a lot of places and a lot of places you wouldn't expect. But because I've been doing this for so long, my life is constantly a balance between emotional health and non-toxic living, right? And so one day I will choose emotional health. And the other day I will choose non-toxic living. And so I think if you walk into it with that understanding that that is your, your path and your, you got to tread your own path. That's, that's just the way it is. It's going to be based on what you have going on in your home, how much resources and money you have, how, you know, how your husband supports you or doesn't support you, how your kids are like, there's so many factors that go into this. And I think The green living world, there's this perfectionist about it, and I kind of want to throw that away because I'm not perfect. I never am perfect, but what I do do is create things so that you have decisions and you know where the middlemen are and where the worst are and what the best are. So at least at the end of the day, you can grab the middlemen because those are easily accessible, right? So that's what I want to say first. There is no perfect anything, and we have an endocrinologist that uh, works with us on momovation, and she's not perfect either because literally it's not possible. So I want to let that go so that people are reading or listening, just don't feel guilty, don't feel awful. You are just trying to tread your own path. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing is there's a lot of stuff out there that's not regulated. And I mean, really not regulated. Um, And it's very concerning. It is really concerning. Um, And I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, what, What we have is we have a situation where there's hormone disrupting toxins, hormone disrupting chemicals in in consumer products, in food, and our government doesn't even evaluate them with modern science, Um, doesn't even look at them in the same way, doesn't even kind of um, uh, recognize studies that have been done in the last 30 years, doesn't even look down into the levels that we have technology to look down into, you know? So you are on your own. And so that is one of the reasons why it is so important to find a family online, who has the same goals and vision that you have that just wants to get your kids through, you know what I mean? Through that hump of, oh my God, what are we gonna do? Everybody feels like this, okay? When you first start Green Living, I feel like we all get kind of orthoexia a little bit. You know, we kind of see, Mm -hmm. we go through the grocery store and we feel like there's poison everywhere and we can't eat anything and we can't touch anything. And that is completely normal. So if it happens to you, just remember it's a, it's kind of like a phase. You'll get through it. But what I would say to you is stress is just as toxic as these hormone disrupting chemicals, which is why I say your daily walk will be a choice between your emotional needs and everyone else's emotional needs and you know, non-toxic living. So there's some basics that you start with, right? When you go through your home, I have a great book um, called Green Enough and I'm gonna show it right here real quick. And if you buy my book, Um, even if you don't reach out to me, I can get you a used copy or something like that. It's important to have the basics of understanding because once you have the basics down and you look at things that are the most important things, i.e. what you are consuming daily, those are the most important things to focus on. And things that you don't consume as daily, like, like what you were saying before, some of the mineral waters have PFAS in them, but if you're not drinking mineral water every single day, I wouldn't be as concerned as I would with something like coffee that you're drinking every morning, right? Or the milk. That you're drinking every day or the types of foods that you know your family is eating on like a daily basis. And you go in slowly, especially if you have older children or your husband's very stubborn, you go in slowly with the mindset of changing things very slowly. And the reason for that is it's not as emotionally painful for everybody around you and yourself. Because I got to tell you, the amount of shit you got to do, pardon my French, the amount of shit you got to do will be infinite. There's always something that you can do. There's always a new thing that you can change. So there, this is like a marathon, you know, or think of it as instead of a battle, it's a war, you know? And so little by little, month by month, I just started by a change, swapping out bread, swapping out coffee, swapping out this, swapping out that. And I only did it once a month. So my husband couldn't really complain that much because it wasn't like I was going through the closet and throwing every, no, I did not do that. And I don't recommend people do that unless you live by yourself and you're just that kind of person, you know, some people are like that, then you do that. But most people are not, they need, when you eat an elephant, you got to do it one bite at a time. And that's how we maintain this. And this is how we do it without getting too overwhelmed. So there's all kinds of things in the house, you know, from your cleaning products that you want to look at because they leave residue and because of the indoor air is really important. From your personal care products, which are uh, not really regulated that well. Um, and you want to make sure that you avoid things that have fragrances in them and benzene and all kinds of chemicals that can come into your body that are hormone disrupting. You want to pay close attention to your food, but the things that you're eating daily are the most important. I mean, it's like this, it's like somebody asked me the other day, you know, what kind of things do you drink? And yes, I have a brand that I can recommend. That's an alcohol, that it's a good alcohol, quote unquote, good, you know, but at the end of the day, if you're only drinking a beer every two weeks, it's not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So don't, Don't freak out because, again, that's that balance. So I'm not going to say anything to you if you drink the wrong mineral water. I'm not going to say anything to you if you drink a beer, you know what I mean, once a week, once every two weeks. This is not where the issues are. The issues are the daily exposures that you have in your home that uh, contribute to hormone disruption over time, right? Think about this also in terms of when is the most important time to do these things. So when is the freak out time? The freak out time is actually pregnancy. That's when it's probably appropriate to freak out, but you're nesting. So you're going to be freaking out anyways. Um, So if you're nesting, take that as an opportunity to detox things. And so pregnancy is the most vulnerable time of the entire lifetime. This is where you have minutes, you have days, you have seconds, you have months. And the hormones have to signal in exactly the right way. And when they're disrupted, bad things can happen that are likely very permanent. So that is the time that if you want to freak out, do it in pregnancy. Once the children are out, right? You've delivered them. Awesome. Um, the first five years is the second most important time because a lot of hormonal changes are happening at the speed of light when they come out. You don't realize it, but it's their development. So it's talking, walking, uh, You know their mental health, um, what they're able to do when they do it. That is all development. That is all maintained and created by hormones and hormone signaling. And just to give you an idea, So one little tiny itty-bitty particle is one particle, but one little tiny itty-bitty particle that's a hormone-disrupting particle signals at 900,000 times more than a regular particle. That is why hormone-disrupting chemicals are so important to look out for. And so pregnancy under the age of five, the third time is when they go through puberty, because that's when your hormones are again changing. So think about any time the hormones are changing is a time when it's important to, you know, think about these things. And then you can be a little bit more laxed when they're not changing, you know, and because your body's protected, a lot more protected than it is when you're not, unless they have autoimmune or something like that, that's a totally different situation. But we're assuming that your children are fine or normal or what have you, or healthy. So, um, what was I saying? Okay. So when they're going through the change, so the the exact time when boys don't want to listen to you because they, you know, they're becoming a man is actually the time when you need to start tricking them into doing things that are good for them. You know, tying media time to good behaviors, healthy behaviors. It's annoying, but you got to get them over that hump. Right. And then once they're done with puberty, then it's kind of like it's, smooth, it's smoother sailing. I wouldn't say smooth, but I would say smoother sailing until the end of your life when you have a hormonal change and you stop having your reproductive organs just shut down and are like, yeah, that's it, it's done. For men, it's way older than women. For women, for girls, it's a lot more. But, you know, things like this are, there are studies that tie PFAS in utero, so perfluorinated chemicals, which is probably, you know, what I'm going to talk about a lot soon, Two things in boys that are very concerning. So, PFAS is a chemical that mimics androgen, which is a type of testosterone. And men are less forgiving than women are. You know, with disruption issues. I, I don't know why, but we're just kind of made where we can handle things better. Men are not. So, all the microplastics in the world, like the phthalates, um, polymers, uh, poly- perfluorinated polymers, like PFAS types polymers, all of these are androgen mimickers. It gets into their body, and their body says, ooh, we've got enough testosterone for the day. Shut it down, boys. And so it lowers their natural testosterone in their body, which causes developmental issues, what have you. And we don't know what they're going to be because each person is different. So for some kid, it may... Be linked to disruption in their mental state, like they get angry easier. It might be they have more trouble learning, maybe their IQ is lower. One thing that is very, very well pronounced is their penises will be smaller. There's a study that looks at PFAS in pregnant women and then follow them to when they were out and children, and their penises are smaller and the taint, which is like the 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 difference between like that space in between their anus and their their you know scrotum that was smaller so there's physical things that you can actually record and see for girls things like bisphenols B uh, BPA BPS and all of those and a lot of pesticides those are estrogen mimickers and women's bodies are ale- are more forgiving than men's bodies but we get breast cancer. We have our period way before we should, and you may not think that that is relevant. But the sooner you have your period, the more sexually active you will be at a younger age, which will lead to a lot of other things in society. You're more less likely to graduate high school, less likely to take your studies seriously because you're so boy crazy at a certain age. You know, more likely to end up in jail. More likely. I mean, it's all of those societal things that come with. Being more physically mature at an age where you can't emotionally handle it, that's what that is. By the way, I had my period at nine years old, and I can attest to all of those things happening to me. So it is very serious. Today, a girl having a period at nine years old is not as, I mean, I mean it's, it's more of a common thing than it was back in the day. But we do know... That in utero, the more bisphenols you are exposed to, the more likely the girl will have her period at a far younger age. So those are the types of things. Um, A lot of these hormone-disrupting chemicals. Weight gain is a really big one. So we're not talking food is making you fat. We're talking about hormones making you fat. Thyroid conditions making you fat. Um, The way the fat is stored in your body is different, and so. You store more of it. So there's all these different ways that these chemicals can impact people. They know that some hormone disrupting chemicals in teeny tiny amounts lead to obesity, while hormone disrupting chemicals at larger amounts lead to never being able to gain weight. So it's not what you think. If you look around at the United States and people are so overweight, you know, I, I feel like the medical society isn't really looking at this the way they should be, you know? Um, and, and instead of they're looking at people who are fat and blaming the fat person, and instead not looking at all the obesogenic chemicals that are surrounding us at, in childhood and pregnancy and all this stuff that create problems later in life that are then just right there for everyone to look at. And then you blame the person for sitting on their ass too long, you know? So I think that the weight the weight industry is a lot more complicated than I think people talk about it. And Yes, there's better foods that you can eat. Yes, there's activity you can do, but you can't outrun things that may be problematic in your hormones. That is, that's not, that's not easy to do. So, so here we have, so now we know the stages to be, things are important. We know the basic things that can happen. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about PFAS. Do you mind if I just kind of jump into that or do you have any other questions you wanted to ask me? No, Before I just I take think, over I your mean, show. yeah, no,
1: <laughs> I mean, This is great. And I just want to kind of reemphasize for our listeners to go out on your site, you know, opt in. So you get the emails, but what I love, and you said this, but I just want to kind of clarify it for everyone is that if you want all the data and the research and the science, and there's some people out there that want to, you know, do all that digging themselves, or at least have that validity. Great. You have it and you have all the links, but if you keep scrolling down and you're like, gosh, you know, Leah's done it all for me. I trust her. She's a trusted source." You can literally go down to the bottom where it's, yeah. uh, you know, the good, better, best, as far as the options, like you said, and start your journey there. And I love just what you said. It's it's very something that Marnie and I talk about all the time on this, this podcast, that health is a journey, not a destination, and it's a marathon, not a sprint. So apply those same principles to your overall health, to this journey, when it comes to green living. And, you know, we've had a number of guests on it, it, talking about different things, so I think most of our listeners probably have some baseline knowledge of what we're talking about and the, especially the estrogen mimicking chemicals. But I just want to ask one question about, you know, I hadn't, I guess, thought about weight gain, especially with teenagers and yes. just, I mean, anyone. So what can, say there's a mom out there listening, she's something you are just said is resonating with how she, you know, just something she's dealing with, with herself or her children. What can you do after you've, you know, you were exposed to these chemicals in utero because you didn't even know what green living was at the time. Right. And maybe you've cleaned things up now, but is there a way to like
0: detox those chemicals or? Some of those chemicals are possible to detox. Some of them are not. And that's just the truth. Um, Things like PFAS, um, there's no way to detox them other than to get blood draws every month and donate your blood. That's the only way that they've found so far that you can get this out of your system. Um, Some of these chemicals are in for weeks while other ones are in for decades. And so based on, it's just, you know, with some chemicals that are persistent, um, you know, and they're persistent uh, pesticides and there's persistent things like PFAS, the less is more, you just wanna avoid as much as you can. Um, For other things, they come out in your urine within weeks you know, and yes, you can detox, you know, there, I mean, it's like, we know that right now we know, um, that chemicals like bisphenols, they used to think that when you, you know, ate something with bisphenols, you peed it out right away. But the truth is from recent studies is that you're holding a lot more in your liver and your organs, um, than is coming out. And so the FDA has to reevaluate How, what the level of safe bisphenol is now based on those studies, which they haven't done yet, but you know, one day they'll get around to it, right? (laughs) A decade from now. But in the meantime, what you can do is understand some basic principles about what to avoid and where the monsters are really buried. You can't avoid everything. That's just impossible. We we live in a world that is not toxic everywhere. Not everything is toxic. I know people say that and it's not true because I've tested stuff. So not everything is toxic, but there's a lot of things that are. And sometimes when you find them, it's surprising. And then you feel overwhelmed. Well, the answer is it's not everywhere, <laughs> but it's in a lot of places, right? Um, and the other thing is you got to pick your battles. Um, and you also have to think about what the worst things are and to focus on the worst things And then just fly by the seat of your pants until you can emotionally handle the other things. You know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I say. That's why I'm like, you, you can't attack everything that needs to be attacked. And I would avoid the friends that constantly bring up new things to you to constantly freak you out. You know what I'm saying? So stay with the people that are chill and that, you know, when you ask them questions, they're willing to tell you whatever you want. Stay away from the people that, you know, bring you so much stress. You, you just... You just don't right. know what to do with yourself because that's stress and you don't want to get Hashimoto's. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And I, mean, I mean, I, yeah, I have Hashimoto's. And so I can tell you from experience that. You know, your stress is really important. and But I mean, if you can imagine like the amount of work I've put in with my, you know, um, my events and all the work that I've done and all kinds of stuff, it's it's not so much my detoxing of my home that is stressful for me. It was all the business stuff. And oh my God, I have this crazy story of finding DDT in my soil and it was in my backyard chicken eggs and I ate them for six years, me of all people. So things will surprise you. And my doctor is convinced that that toxic episode is probably what kind of pushed me over the edge to get Hashimoto's. But that made me so obsessed with looking into chemicals that are there that nobody knows about, you know what I'm saying, that people don't look for, which is why I'm so obsessed with PFAS, PFAS because I started yes. testing. I started testing eggs for DDT because I, you know, my eggs. We sent them off to the lab. We found DDT in the yolks, and I'm like, oh my god, I've been eating this for six years, and my kids weren't really big egg eaters, so it was like it was mostly me. Well, eggs are estrogen mimickers. These D- DDT is an estrogen mimicker, and I, my Hashimoto started six years ago, like or five years ago, you know, a year after my eggs. So it really impressed upon me how it's important to figure these things out. And I knew that I'm a unique person in this space and I've got great labs. And so I'm uniquely positioned to start testing the food supply. I started doing that with DDT and eggs and found out that there's probably not DDT in eggs that you're buying at the grocery store. And the reason for that is the, uh, the shells are very brittle when, you have D- when it's DDT. And they're so brittle, you can't get them to the store and back without breaking things. And so therefore that is not a situation that I'm concerned with, but it took some testing for me to come to that realization so that I felt safe enough to be able to tell my audience, I wouldn't worry about your eggs. I would be concerned about your backyard eggs. You might want to test your soil because if you're not used to having backyard eggs, you might not realize what brittle is. And that was my problem. I didn't realize what brittle was. Because I didn't have backyard eggs. I just didn't know. I was just like, oh, the eggs are so orange. Da, 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 da. But that also got me obsessed with PFAS, because PFAS is a chemical that's worse than DDT. Well, I mean, it's persistent, but it stays in your body a lot longer than DDT. And um, you know, it's in our water supply, it's in all these things. And I started testing for things right after um, I think it was it was early 2020, I believe. And um, the C- there was a journalist from the Sierra Club, her name's and Choi. She's, she's amazing. She sent off uh, period underwear by Thinks and a couple of other brands to Dr. Graham Peasley at the University of Notre Dame. And he tested them for PFAS and found it in Thinks underwear, period underwear. And so I'm doing my investigations and doing my thing, and that hits. And I went, oh, my God, because I was just about to do an investigation on period underwear. And so here it was with these these two brands that had it and this one brand that didn't. And people are asking me, well, where's the safe underwear? Are there more safe brands? And I said, I don't know. The only way to find out is to start testing. So that's what I did. I started testing because of period underwear. And there was like 20 brands out there and I didn't know the answer. It wasn't like I could go in and look at the materials and say that I knew what was in it based on what they were saying to us. You couldn't. So I just started testing period underwear and we've tested 21 period underwear. I have found six brands that have no detections of PFAS. Now we're talking at about a certain level cause I'm, I'm testing at a very specific level. What I do is called marker testing. So I am not looking for PFOA, PFOS directly. I'm not looking down into the parts per trillion. What I'm doing is I'm looking for one element that they all have in common. All PFAS chemicals have a carbon and a fluorine. And fluorine is what we're looking for. Now, fluorine is the sixth most common chemical in the world. You will find it all over. Fluoride is an example of that. We know what fluoride is. There's natural fluoride. But fluorine, organic fluorine, means man-made fluorine. There's only three possibilities, or about three possibilities, very likely, that you will find. 95% of the time, maybe even 99% of the time at the level I'm testing, it's PFAS. But it also could be fluorinated pharmaceutical drugs, which we don't want, or it could be fluorinated pesticides, which we don't want. So I am very comfortable doing this marker testing, looking for organic fluorine and making determinations based on fluorine levels, organic fluorine levels of whether I recommend this brand or not. So there are six brands that we have up in Momovation for um, period underwear. You could find them. And after I did the investigation, the good brands reached out to me and they're like, oh my God, Leah, thank you. And I'm like, well, I didn't do it for you, but you're welcome. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And the brands reach out to me. They congratulate me. They thank me. And then they offer discount codes to people. And so after the fact, we, we have a lot of people that come to me. And then as the post grows and more people see it, there's discounts on those good brands. You know, everybody wins in this situation. So we did period underwear, and then people came to me. They're like, "What about parchment paper?" And I was like, "I don't know." So I started testing parchment paper and found things like the Costco brand of parchment paper. Avoid it with a ten foot pole. The Reynolds Wrap, the Reynolds parchment paper. Avoid that with a ten foot pole. There's uh, four brands, three or four brands that we recommend on Momovation that we tested didn't have detectable levels of organic fluorine. Um, then we looked into uh, let me see. After that was like bamboo flooring because. I had just redid my house, right? And I had bamboo flooring, and I was just like, I didn't test it prior. So I sent that off to the lab, went, ah, shit, okay, there's a little bit of PFAS in my floor, but what about the other ones? And so I went in and just tested more and more and more and more and more until I found one that was clean. Why did I do bamboo? It's inexpensive, it's very hard wood. It's like, more sustainable. It's like the green flooring for everybody. So that was why I focused on that specific type of flooring. I didn't do look the other floorings, you know, parchment paper. Then I did um, this one was really controversial, green beauty makeup. So mm-hmm. last I year I saw that recently. Yeah. Yeah. Last year there was an investigation that was done on conventional makeup, and they found very high levels of PFAS in conventional makeup. It was Dr. Graham Peasley along with a bunch of NGOs. They worked on it for like two years. And then when it came out, I asked, you know, Dr. Graham Peasley, well, what green brands did you test? And he sent me the list of every single one that they test. And I'm like, well, there's only like two, three brands in here that we would even touch with a 10-foot pole. So I realized we had to look into the green beauty industry because my people don't buy CoverGirl. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They're buying very different makeup. So we started testing green beauty makeup, and it was very disappointing what I found. We didn't find... Like we didn't find a lot of like super toxic levels, like it's all toxic, but we didn't find a lot of brands that had levels that were so high that it was like, oh my God, we did find some. I think there was like six or eight of them, but 65% of the 83 products that I sent out had indications of organic fluorine, which is indications of PFAS. A lot of them were at low levels where it was more contamination based they don't realize that something's happening in that factory. So I did as much as I could to help brands behind the scene, gave them time to reformulate. A lot of them didn't even get the testing done in time. They kind of stalled a little bit. And so I put it up. And after I put it up, uh, of course, an explosion happened because a lot of these brands had no idea that this was happening. But what this did do, which is really good for everybody, is it's forced all of these brands to do this type of testing, to look into contamination levels, and especially the green beauty brands. The green beauty brands are mortified that this is happening to their makeup. So you can go on Momovation, and we've now increased it from 83 products to over 100. So I have doubled the good brands because I was, I was like, dang it, I'm going to find more of these good brands because I want women to have more selections. So there's a way bigger selection than when I first originally started testing You can find that on my site. There's a lot of them. And then there's a lot of surprises in there too. A lot of surprises. And then we moved on to yoga pants and sports bras because in the community, they were asking me, well, what about my workout attire? What about this? What about that? And the answer is, I didn't know. And at this point, I don't want to trust a brand to say we're PFAS-free. I know contamination is, you know, everywhere. And so not all brands will have it, but a lot of brands that you don't expect will have it. So we tested, let me see, uh, 31 different pairs of yoga pants, workout pants. You know, we're going from the pants that you would do Taibo in that are tight to the yoga pants that are more relaxed. We just ran the gamut. Um, 65, no, 25% of workout leggings had it in the crotch. First, I was testing the legs. Didn't find anything. Nothing. Didn't find nothing. And I'm like, my nose, you know my nose? My nose. My nose was telling me that there is something else there that I'm missing. And so I said one day, oh, test a crotch. Let's just see what happens if you test the crotch. And boom, that's where we found it. So we retested everything. And 25% of 31 brands had it in the crotch. And so Can that's- Can I ask my- you a
2: question? Yes. This might sound like a basic question, but just, you know, I don't have like a super solid understanding of PFAS. PFAS is that how you say it? But yeah. Like, well,
0: you could say if, for fluorinated chemicals or PFAS, PFAS is just what everyone will understand.
2: Let's say I'm putting on a pair of yoga pants that has PFAS on it. So basically the idea is that they're going to leach into my body when I'm wearing the pants. Let's say I've had the pants for 10 years, but you're saying it's a forever chemical or whatever. Is it forever in your body? Is it forever on the pants? Does it wear it's a out really good after question. time? That's yeah. Like that.
0: The answer is we don't know. There hasn't been a lot of testing on washing things over time to see how much of it comes out. Um, We don't know. We do know that some of it comes out. We don't know how much of it comes out. Um, But we also know that PFAS is attracted to sweat. And so if you're sweating, Mm -hmm. it gets into your sweat. And so when you're talking about something like yoga pants around your crotch, you're probably wearing underwear. But if you're sweating, then that sweat may be exposing your skin directly in that sense. Less concerning on the yoga pants, more concerning on the sports bras. When we tested the sports bras, same thing happened. I started testing like the back area first, couldn't find anything until I tested the fabric that was inside next to the nipple. And that is where I found it in 65% of the sports bras we tested. And we tested 23 different types. So not all brands have it. A lot of them have it. That was the fabric. That fabric is concerning, not so much for you and me. It is concerning. But for a nursing mom, I would say is the most problematic. Because imagine this, you know, you're having the baby and you got to work off those 40 pounds, right? And so you put the baby down for a nap and you're breastfeeding and And you start working out or doing something. This was my routine. You know, I put the baby down. I do a Tybo workout. And then the baby wakes up before you can shower. And so you go get the baby and you nurse. Well, if there's PFAS in that uh, fabric that's right next to your nipple and you're sweating next to it, there's a possibility that it's now in your sweat. You've now exposed the baby because they're nursing and you've been sweating. And that was a sports bra. So those are the instances where I'm saying that there's probably a bigger problem, less to you, but more to the baby because they're in that very vulnerable period. Ironically, the sports bra investigation didn't do as well as the yoga pant investigation, even though, I mean, it's done well, but not as many people saw it. Like the, sports pa- the yoga pant one went viral. I was on the front page of Yahoo. Everyone was interested in, in your crotch, but for yeah. some reason your nipples and nursing <gasps> women people weren't as interested, you know? And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. You know, like, I don't, maybe not as salacious or something, but you know, there are some instances where if you put sweat next to it, we're kind of doubling the exposure or or tripling. We don't know really, but there are, uh, uh, studies that we can see that does say that it's attracted to sweat. It gets into sweat and then that you're exposed because it's on you. Right. And it's pulling it out of things. Um,
2: So can I ask one more question kind of in reference to that? So listening to you talk about all these studies you've done and like the different kinds of products, if someone were to say, okay, what is the worst, not the worst, but like the biggest impact product that I can remove from my life or change, you know, brands or whatever, is it a clothing item? Is it the the not wax paper. What's it called? The
1: um, P- parchment paper.
2: Parchment paper is it? The you know the eggs you said didn't have the PFAS, but whatever product you know, food related product like what what's going to give a person the biggest bang for their buck? I guess. So
0: starting off right away, there's three things you can do. First thing is if you have nonstick pans, throw those away because Teflon pans are PFAS. Mm-hmm. So if you avoid cooking with Teflon um, and you avoid you know, and we're talking about the daily stuff that you're using every day. I'm not as concerned with things that you're using once a month. You know what I'm saying? So put it in perspective, look at your daily things that you're using. Um, cookware is one of the very first things I would recommend you doing. Avoid nonstick pans like the plague. I would also avoid the ceramic nonstick as well, because those have nanoparticles in them that, you know, mess with your gut health and stuff. So what you look for is you rotate, and this is the big thing with cookware. There is no perfect cookware. None. There's no perfect cookware. Every cookware has something. But you want to rotate between stainless steel, good quality stainless steel, cast iron, glass, non-coated ceramic. And those are the basic elements to get in your kitchen and you just rotate. So if you wear, if you use your stainless steel pans all the time, like we we probably use those a lot more than the, the cast iron it's not a big deal. It's just the nonstick stuff is what you really want to avoid. And I know you got to do more elbow grease and you got to wash more. It's just get over it. It's just the way it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like when you enter this green lifestyle, things get harder. The other thing I would recommend is the more you cook and process your food on your own in your own kitchen, the less likely your food will be exposed to these chemicals. What I mean is When we did tomato and pasta sauces, we found it in pasta sauces, but we didn't find it in tomato sauce. The tomato sauce is probably what you're gonna be using to make your own um, pasta sauce in your kitchen. That's what I would recommend. Those are the types of things I'm finding. The less, the more food is processed in the manufacturing, the less processed your food is, the more you cook from scratch, like your grandma did, right? The closer to grandma, depression era cooking you can do yeah. the safer you are overwhelmingly now the less you eat out because a lot of times you don't realize it but the packaging that they're using the plastics that they're using the non-stick cookware that they're using you are at the you know even if we're talking like takeout food you know even which will be shocking. If you go to Chipotle, even Chipotle, um, Chipotle has said that they're going to remove PFAS from their food packaging, but they haven't done it in New York yet. They've done it in Los Angeles, but not in New York. How do I know? Mm. We just recently tested. So, and if you're, if you're eating Chipotle, those brown, those brown, um, takeout containers that look recycled and and more sustainable, those are the ones with the highest levels of PFAS. Shocking but wow. true. So again, it's not so like bring I'm saying, your own
2: container to Chipotle and have you to could bring your own your...
0: sweetgrass is another one. Sweetgrass got, you know, the same thing. It's just, but it's not that you don't want to ever eat out again. You know what I'm saying? It's right. just do it less, cook more, cook from scratch, be more like your grandma. You know, my, my grandma cooked a lot. She wasn't the best cook, but she cooked a lot, you know? So um, the more you can process your food in your kitchen from pans that are not nonstick, the better off you're going to be. And the, the third thing I would say that's a big exposure level that people probably don't realize, but I'm, I'm going to release this investigation in the late summer, which may be when this comes out is tooth floss. Mm. I am finding exorbitant levels of PFAS in tooth floss. And oh, when I say that- So sad. I find <laughs> things, 10 parts per million is my detection level. I am finding things at 923,000 parts per million. Wow. Not joking. In, <laughs> I will say right away, Glide, this was my husband's tooth floss. Yeah. If you're using Glide, throw that away, right yeah. away. That is the absolute worst one that I have found. Um, Paint What's the best one? Site. There's a lot of good brands, but not all of them are good because some of them have contamination levels in it. And so I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, and I haven't put this out yet, so I don't have it, but I'm saying glide is the worst. Um huh. toss that right away. And that's one of the most popular ones. And my hut this was my husband's, my attorney, everybody I knew was using this very type of tooth floss. And it's like, it even says that it has PTFE in the ingredients. Like they tell you they don't even like, they're not even ashamed of it but it's really high. Yeah. So something like that, I would definitely um, the other thing, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on another kick, um, is your water. Yeah, if you I could. live by a military base or an airport, um, or you live in a uh, an area that has a really large basin, groundwater basin where, where it connects several cities, you wanna look into your water and see if they have tested for PFAS. And absolutely 100% get an air or water purifier. You don't need to get a whole house one. You really need to get one for under the sink. Um, the under the sink ones are easier to get, they're less expensive. And in some ways, they're, they might be a little bit better. And I say that because if you have a whole house system and if you don't clean the pipes out, there might be bacteria and stuff like that that gets in the pipe. So if you're not thinking about you know, cleaning it out every six months, um, and you're that person that doesn't remember those things, the under the sink ones are fine. The shower, you can get shower filters and stuff like that. They may not take out all of them, but they take out a lot. Uh, we recently did an investigation on momovation. Um, we uh, went through a study that was done, I think it was North Carolina State University. And they went, cause they have a lot of PFAS in North Carolina. And one of my advisors, uh, what he does is um, he wrangles alligators to find PFAS. And I know that's crazy, it sounds nuts, but he literally wrangles alligators out of the lakes and, um, you know, anesthetize them so that they're asleep. And then he takes some of the flesh and blood and then monitors PFAS levels in lakes through those alligators, through the animals, and does that for the federal government through North Carolina State University. So there's a lot of places where you just want to check. And if you do, we um there was uh, an, a, an investigation where they looked at a hundred different types of water filters. We have that on Momovation, on the ones that did really good. Oh gosh. um the one that did the best there was a group of ones that did the best, and it didn't. There were some that were like refrigerator ones, simple oh. refrigerator ones wow. that were versus you know, uh, carbon filters and reverse osmosis were the biggest ones. Um, but some of them were surprising. Some of the refrigerator ones, was I was like, oh my God, it, it, it works a little bit, or it worked on all of them. Now, they were only able to look at about 16 chemicals, I think. There's over 12,000 PFAS chemicals, so we don't know. Um, so ultimately... Um, I would just recommend you get one. You know, I mean, anybody yeah. can use a water filter. I think we all can, um, regardless if you think so or not. If you're getting reverse osmosis, make sure you get something that puts the minerals back in. I say that because they pull everything out with reverse osmosis, but they pull out the good stuff in water too. You want right. one that puts the minerals back in, so that if you drink a lot of water, and I mean like 10 glasses a day, you don't get headaches and stuff like that, because That happened to me when I didn't know a lot about reverse osmosis and the first whole house system we got, I learned um, what happens when you don't know a lot, you know, and so put the minerals back in. Um, I
1: I love what you said just about water, because that's, if you think about like where's someone's first step on this journey when it comes to PFAS and you're drinking water, you're cooking with water, you're showering with water, you're washing your hands a million times a day. So that to me seems like a great place to start. And I know just like mid-June, so you know like a week ago from... Recording this episode, the Environmental Protection Agency just proposed this new lifetime health advisory that suggests that four of the forever chemicals, the PFAS, in drinking water should be lower, which I thought was a huge win. I know the Environmental Working Group came out with all these announcements and they're trying to raise money. You know, just thinking of like, how can the mom out there that's like maybe a little bit overwhelmed after listening to all this, what's one thing that she can do for her family Um so maybe like what's, you know, we talked about the water and getting the water filter, which is great, but also just being an advocate and, you know, government agencies, like having a voice within your um, local. Yeah, like
0: the more, okay, honestly, the best way that you can help, um, and I'm going to be honest, the private market is going to move quicker than the government will, period, end of story. I used to work in government, that's why I left. It's just frustrating, you know, it's frustrating and there's so many interests and everyone's a special interest and everyone, you know what I mean? It's just, this is why it takes forever. But there is something you can do, and that is your voice and that is your dollar. You buy one brand over another and you let the brand that loses your business know why they lost your business. And that's important. The more feedback that they get about PFAS, the more they start getting concerned about PFAS and the more they start monitoring the brands that are getting that market share that they just lost and they want that money back, trust me. So the more you make them known that you're not happy with them, be be polite, but you know, firm, yeah. you're not happy with what they've done to your family. And you're choosing another brand because of that. The more they hear it, the quicker they're going to change. And the more they're going to take people like me seriously. And that's what I need is I need, a, I need millions of moms to reach out to these brands and be like, well, what the heck, fix this, clean this up you know, we want to support you when you've done something. And then of course, you know, I work with a lot of brands behind the scenes, which by the way, is free consulting that I'm doing all day long to help these small brands, because it's not like they did this on purpose. And so I help them with all of the little contamination points that may happen in a factory that they're not thinking about because they don't even know. So a lot of these brands don't know how to test, do marker testing. They don't know how to do anything other than look for 48 different types of PFAS and test it down to the parts per billion. And then their Q&A people give them that yeah, piece of paper and it says you're free of these 48 PFAS, but there's 12,000, they don't know that. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of not misunderstanding, but just lack of education around this issue because it's complicated. So when I'm talking about it and and you're confused, don't worry, the brands are confused. You're not the only one, you know, I might be the the one person that knows more than 99.9% of the population, (laughs) but even I'm confused, you know, with certain things. And I have to go to my advisors about the chemistry and the different things. And like, They have to explain it to me, which is why I have such amazing advisors, because my questions are hard. Yeah. (laughs) It makes some really smart people to to help me in the way that I need help. But it's not me that needs help. It's you guys that need help. So maybe I should go over a little bit about what these PFAS chemicals are, because people are like, what the heck with PFAS? Now, you have been around PFAS for decades. You just haven't really realized it. It's all of the water-resistant, oil-resistant, and grease-resistant chemicals. So Gore-Tex stain master carpet, Teflon pans. Um, They're either monomers or polymers, meaning they're either kind of like a plasticizer or a single chemical. And they're in a lot of things. There's over 12,000 of these chemicals. Um, over decades, uh, 30, 40, 50 years, I want to say, um, something like that. So they've been in the, they've been around us for a lot of time, and we haven't even realized it. And so they, they're in carpet, they're in flooring, they're in cookware, they're in clothing, they're in tents, you know, they're in food packaging, personal care products. It's basically anytime you need those attributes, long-lasting makeup, waterproof mm-hmm. mascara. You know what I'm saying? Like we've thought that this, oh, it's the best shit since sliced bread, right? But we didn't know. We didn't know that we were, you know, buying waterproof mascara and we were putting PFAS on our on our eyes every day. You didn't know, I didn't know until recently. Nobody knew. But now that we know. That's why I'm testing. So in those places, like, you know, there's a lot of industries where they're impacted. Like if your husband's a plumber, I'm so sorry, but that's an industry where you are impacted by that chemical constantly for the water resistant properties of the things that they're using to, you know, construction and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of men that are impacted by these chemicals in different ways when they're working. And the sad thing is, is it's an androgen blocker. So those men are losing testosterone and they're usually burly men, you know what I mean? Like the men that are in these industries are. oh no, those are the ones that are being impacted ironically. Um, So there's a lot of this going on. Um, There's also something really sad that's happening and it it, it talks about the persistence of this chemical. There's something called biosolids. I don't know if you know what that is. It's also AKA referred to as sewage sludge. Sewage sludge is like the stuff that comes from water treatment plants when they treat the water and they pull out all the crap, which is pharmaceutical drugs and the pesticides in the water and PFAS and all kinds of stuff. It turns into this sludge. Well, it has a lot of micronutrients in there that it's really good for plant growth. So they've over decades, and I mean decades, they've been selling it to farmers and farmers have been applying biosolids over the farmland. And so it is also in the soil in different types of farms. Just like DDT got me, PFAS is getting a lot of um, farmers. Now, in Maine, this is one of the first places where an organic farm found it. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. Um, it was a place called Songburn Farm. What fantastic family. They operating their farm for, I don't know, for a while, but 20 years Prior to them purchasing that property, the farmer had applied biosolids to the, to the farmland and it's still there. So that ah, gives you an idea. That's crazy. Decade. We don't even know how long it's going to take to break down. That is the truth. They don't know. So it's one of those issues where, you know, it can be in your food. When it's in your food, it's not likely going to be in the parts per million where I'm finding it, it's going to be down into the parts per trillion and the parts per billion. They're finding it a lot in fish. So sadly, a lot of fish they're finding it in, it's persistent. So the bigger the fish, it's kind of like the same idea, the smaller the fish, the less they have, the bigger the fish, the more they have, because the fish eat the fish and any type of persistent chemical. you know, When we're worried about mercury and PCBs, it's the same issue because it's persistent. So sadly, I don't eat a lot of fish anymore because of that. Um, And, you know, meats and cheeses and stuff like that based on animals that were impacted by it being in the soil, the water, and it's uh, traveling in their body and it's in the protein, not the fat. So it's actually harder to get rid of. So, you know, like if we're trying to avoid things like phthalates, you'll find phthalates in dairy products. Um, based on like the piping that they use, sometimes the piping that goes from the nipple of the cow goes up and that milk is warm and the pipes have a phthalate in them and that phthalate will seep into the milk. And so phthalates, you'll find phthalates in a lot of milk, but you want to go low fat because that avoids a lot of those problems. Now, some people argue with me about full fat versus low fat, but there is a toxicity issue with fat you, you can figure out your brand and see if you want to test them or what have you, but um, milk is starting to become a problem. But with PFAS, it's not in the fat. It repels fat. It repels grease. It repels fat. So it's in the flesh. It's in the protein. It's in the blood. It's a little more difficult to get rid of. So, you know, when you cut off the fat of, of something that's not necessarily going to get rid of the PFAS. So you want to do that as much as you can, you know, for a lot of reasons. Like I, I and I do still prefer grass-fed to other things. Um, we don't know the answers, all of the answers to be able to tell you is grass-fed better than conventional in terms of PFAS. I don't know the answer to that. You know, that's something that they're gonna have to figure out and I'm just being honest with you. There's a lot of things that I don't know because I haven't tested it yet. I will get to it <laughs> eventually, <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of things I do know and there's a lot of things I have fed You know, and, and, and what I told you about the other thing is when you're going to buy things that are waterproof, you just want to avoid waterproofing as much as you can. So um, stain resistant clothing, I I would just avoid it. You know, um, we don't know, um, with dermal application of PFAS on your skin, they don't know a lot about it. There hasn't been studies to tell us how much is seeping into our skin. Um, There has been studies to lead us to believe that it's probably similar exposure levels, but we don't know the extent of it. So I wouldn't be able to tell you verbatim, like, if you had something that was 100 parts per million rubbing up against your skin, how much would get in? I don't know. I really don't know. And nobody knows. So we're in this world right now of... People need to become more aware of the issue because once the awareness is created, then the problems will get solved. But as long as we're in, a, a, you know, a period of ignorance, that's when we're at we're going to be exposed. So the more you talk about it, the more you ask brands about this, the more ask them if they've done marker testing for organic fluorine ask that specific question. Those types of things. Um, The more you're going to get a lot of things changing. I will tell you the impact that I had in the green beauty investigation was like that lightning fast. They started changing immediately, freaking out, testing things, finding things, trying to figure out where it's coming from. I've talked to a lot of brands behind the scenes. We have helped several green beauty brands reformulate. I'm doing this completely free because I care about you ladies. I want you to be safer. So at the end of the day, helping these brands is helping you and your families because I know exactly where you're shopping. So that is why I do this. That is why I do all of these things. Um, I'm going to keep fighting. I don't, it's like the silver lining in all this is not about like doom and gloom. I, I wouldn't say because I, I, I wouldn't be able to get up every day and do this if it was because Power to the people is what this is about, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you, you reach out to your elected officials. You absolutely want to do that and ask them about PFAS. And I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. This is an issue that affects all of us equally. So reach out to your congressperson. But there's also an organization that I've kind of, um, I am the only influencer slash blogger slash uh, just solo person, so to speak. Surrounded by all these NGOs, and we're lobbying the FDA. And it's called go to toxicfreefoodfda.org. Toxicfreefood FDA.org. And we've got consumer reports, we've got the EWG, Environmental Defense Fund, Breast Cancer Prevention Partners, Food and Water Watch, Center for Food Safety, Center for Environmental Health. I mean, all of them. We're all working on the FDA. And what we're asking them is we're demanding that they make PFAS and food manufacturing illegal. They have to do that through the FDA. Once they do that through the FDA, if they do that through the FDA, a lot of these problems will get cleaned up. Because a lot of these (laughs) things, I mean, it's things like fluorinated lubrication, You know, you wouldn't even think of something like that. But fluorinated lubrication, where you lubricate the machinery, gets aerosolized into the air and gets into the food. Those are the types of things that the brands are finding in cosmetics and food. I know this because I'm helping them behind the scenes. Things that we would never think about that the FDA has to get involved in, and they just have to stop this. Um, The the good news is Europe has uh, started the procedure of banning PFAS as a category, What happens in Europe when they ban things isn't quite the same as in the United States. Like in the United States, they say we're banning this, and this is the date that you have to get rid of it. It's a sunset date, and it's got like years, so people Mm -hmm. get ready. Europe kind of does it the opposite. They say we're banning this, and then because it's the EU, there's so many different states, they ban it, and then they kind of let the brands figure it out. And then they come back to them and say, well, this chemical we can't get rid of because there's no alternatives. And then they kind of adjust and morph it. And then as they're doing that, all the states have to get involved. So the ban is a process that Europe is starting. So that is good news because what happens in Europe then yeah. comes to California, then comes to New York, then comes to the coast, and then it starts pushing in, and the feds are the last ones to, to act. It's so funny. I worked in politics, and I can tell you that they don't do a damn thing. The people do the work. The government yeah. comes in when it's all done, wraps a bow around it, and takes full credit. But right. they mm-hmm. haven't done anything other than right. just wrap the bow around everything and then just say, da-da-da-da, we're here to save you. And, but the truth is, it's power to the people. It's you and me. It's purchasing, what we decide to purchase, what we don't, how we communicate to those brands, why we've made those decisions, what is important to us. That is where the real magic happens. That is where it's lightning fast.
1: Well, I love that advice, Leah, because, you know, I've made a lot of switches with products that I have in my house and food, but what I haven't done is reached out to those brands that I'm no longer using and tell them why. And that's what we need to be doing. And yeah. I always say, like, vote with your dollar. That's like the most powerful thing you can do, especially as moms, because we're spending, we're doing most of the buying for the household. Not to stereotype, right. but I think there's a statistic oh, out there. Oh, it's, it the, it's still
0: the same. It is, right? we still so, the shoppers. Yeah. It hasn't, I mean, it's changed a little bit, but not really. But not know. really. Although it's like, I
1: feel like in my family, it's my husband who brings home some of the crap actually, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. He, he doesn't listen to, to very much of this. So in the odd chance that you're listening, John, mine. I, I'm calling you out on it. I'll look at the ingredients. I'm like, have we not learned how to read the label yet? You know,
0: but anyway, um, anyway it took my decade oh, for my husband to come around. So I mean, a decade. He's made a lot of
1: progress. He has, yes. you know, and compared I'm, to the average, he's educated. He just doesn't always sometimes make the the choices in the moment but anyway it's all about like you said it's a journey and we're just going to pick our battles based on where we're at emotionally in a given day which I love that advice that you gave everyone and you've given so much amazing advice and just also synthesizing all of the overwhelm and complicated and you know all the science and research that you've done into something that is very tangible and manageable for all the moms out there so thank you
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, to I feel like it. we could
1: talk. We could talk forever, and we're probably going to have to have you come on the show again after you've done another investigation for something else. So this is great. But um, Leah, where can people find you? We've talked about Vation, but I know you're you're very active on Instagram. So what else? Just we'll we'll link up everything in the show notes too. Yeah,
0: find me on Instagram at momovation, MamaVation. M A M A V A T I O N. It's the same with Facebook. Um, We have a huge Facebook fan page with 200,000 people, but the secret sauce is really in our Facebook group, which is just under 10,000. So look for Facebook fan page, but also look for the group because that's where I get, um, that's really where you can direct me. I, I wait for people to tell me what they need to, what problem can I solve for you is when you come into that group, I'm here to serve you. And if enough people have that need, I'm off to the races doing an investigation. So please come and tell me what you want me to investigate what, and, and we might've already done it. So, you know, feel free to come in, you know, ask, you know, have you done this? Have you done that? A lot of things we've already done and I can help you with that. So the Facebook group is where I spend most of my time. Um, and then, I'm on Instagram, of course. I'm on Twitter, but I'm barely on Twitter. I used to be a quote-unquote twitter celebrity back in the day, but Twitter is kind of like a cesspool lately, so I haven't really been on it quite as much. Um, but I am, you can find me at Momovation on Twitter. You can also find me at Buki Boo, which is um, what my LLC is called. Um, and so Buki Boo and Momovation and then let me see, I'm not on TikTok, but I, I have a Momovation TikTok, but I just haven't used it yet. People are trying to get me on TikTok. They're like, oh my God, you go so, this <laughs> all this stuff would be so amazing. Yes, but you know how I said earth, you know, balance? I'm yeah. not emotionally prepared for TikTok yet. So uh-huh. maybe at the end of the year or something, I'll get on and then it'll blow up and then I'll be on TikTok most of the time, but who knows? <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, just you know, reach out to me, but Facebook, the Facebook group is really where I spend a lot of my time monitoring it and, you know, serving women and helping them with their problems. I mean, I'm really here to serve. I'm really here to serve you ladies. And, uh, I, I live for that. I live for solving your problems and making your life easier because I don't want you stressed out and I know I can do something to help. And so I absolutely will. So reach out to me, let me know. And again, it's always a pleasure to serve.
2: Thank you. And we will link all of that up in the show notes as well. Um, and Leah, one question we love to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you?
0: So I was going to say, cause I, I think it's an amazing question for me. Like I said before, life is about your emotional health versus non-toxic living. And every day you make a different decision based on what your needs are. So one day you're going to need to eat a pizza because you know, you need to do that because you don't want to cook or you don't want it. So do it, right? And the other day you need to focus on the non-toxic living and you make those decisions and the moment in the time and you don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel guilty about it because nobody is the same. Nobody is like you. Nobody has your challenges and your issues and everyone's different. So give yourself permission to not feel guilty when you're choosing emotional health over non-toxic living. And that's what I say the secret is. It's just a daily thing. And it's just one day you're on this side, the other day on this side, the other day you're in the middle, right? And that's That Okay, that was
1: was amazing. And uh, I think it will resonate so much with moms out there because as moms, we carry so much guilt. Mm-hmm. And we're always, you know, we're trying to do the best for our kids. And like you said, every day assess, what do I need today? What am I going to focus on? And it may be to eat the pizza and enjoy it with your kids. Right. Yeah. And then buy the out. fucking
0: crappy birthday cake because yeah. you don't have the time. Just do it. Don't feel guilty about it. You, right. That's what you needed that day to be the best mom. So you be the best mom every day in the way that you feel like you need to be the best mom.
1: Oh, well, that's such great advice for women out there and moms, thank you. We all need to hear that right now, so. And I I love that you're, I don't want to use the word preaching, but
2: proposing balance is basically what you're doing. Cause we all need that balance, right?
0: So The the challenges that we have in this world are so unique to what our parents dealt with. I I feel like forgiving yourself and just gives you the ability to be confident. Like if you forgive yourself and you don't give yourself shit, You can do anything because usually it's us that's holding us back, right? Right. Absolutely. Confidence, right? Give yourself a break and you will, you will realize that you can handle a lot more shit if you forgive yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was just like, that was just like free therapy that last couple minutes, actually. (laughs) Thank you so much, Leah, for having you on. Um, We know our listeners just got so enlightened from this conversation and also motivated in yeah. a very positive way so i'm
2: okay. so happy to be here thank you yeah. for sharing all your wonderful knowledge with us of
1: course of okay. course thanks bye. for having me bye bye
2: thank you so much for listening to the art of living well podcast we are so
1: grateful that you joined us today if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media.
2: If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.